0: what's up everybody welcome to kind of funny games daily for thursday april 16th 2020 i'm one of your hosts greg miller alongside the OK beast blessing Addie Oye,
1: junior what's up greg i got my tea i got my coffee oh look at us look at us what what kind of how how many uh sugar cubes do you have in there zero come on now zero i like it like my co-hat hold on fuck i fucked it up fuck ask me again how many how much
0: sugar do you have in your coffee Zero zero qs I like my coffee like I like my co-hosts, black. Wow. Right? Come on. Thank you. Thank
1: you That's everyone. Clever. Now my clever. question for you is, are you drinking out of a warp pipe? Oh no, I wish. It's just it's just a coffee cup that looks this way. I'm not bad <laughs> like I'm not that fancy. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I thought I'm we were going to get a, there's going to
0: be like, you know, Tim's going to throw bones or something when we get home because of course he's got his own he's got that one warp pipe he drinks out of all the time. Yeah. That's his coffee cup.
1: Yeah, no, I like ever that ever one. Home? Are we ever going to go back to the studio? Blessing. You say, like the word, we I'll call get you a warp cup. Home. What was that? Kevin? I how we call it... He says he'll give me a, a warp cup, which, yes, Kevin, I would want one. All right, I'm on. Me. But then no, also, man. I like that we're at the point where we call the studio home. I, I
0: mean, like, I just miss it. You know what I mean? I miss it really bad. I miss
1: it too. I mean, I like, I miss it so badly. And not that, like, not that this is going terribly or whatever, but I feel so much more on my <laughs> not game. Not that this is going I'm... terribly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I feel so off my game because it's one of those things where, Person. like, I'll, I'll wake up, get out my bed, take a shower. But for some reason, I feel like I'm still, like, just fresh out of bed. I don't feel as, like, yeah. on as I am in the studio. 100%. Be- what's yeah, like, are you guys still taking showers?
0: Yeah. Sorry, Cap. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? Because I, well, I stink otherwise. I'm a big stinky if I don't. and for but it's, it's a also- feeling thing yeah it's the feeling thing it's this thing you have to have some kind of routine right now right but i'm with you of like i'm wearing basketball shorts and socks no socks all the time it's like it doesn't feel like you're going yeah right. and then there's oh, like sure. stuff, even though it's not the exact same and it's not as bad as i thought it was going to be like the delays we do have between each other you know what i mean like the little things of doing a podcast it's just not the same as being in the room being able to look oh, over yeah. there and see what kevin's eating
1: every now and then you'll have like somebody cut out and it's like all right, sweet. I'm gonna guess that I know what I what they exactly. To I'm
0: gonna fill that in. It was something horrible Nick was gonna say. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Was, I,
1: my next there. question was gonna be like, what kind of pants are you wearing? But you just said you're wearing sweatpants and uh, or you're wearing shorts. Like I wear Mizzou shorts. shorts every day now. Yeah. Oh, and no, and no wear?
0: socks. No, because I well, the problem is like I have such a you know this in general because you of course kind of funny best friend before you worked here. And then you've mm. worked with me now and you've seen them just disgusting. I have such a problem regulating heat. That if I put on the socks early on when I was wearing socks, I was just sweating even more in here because this chair doesn't breathe mm-hmm. the right way, I don't think. And then also, I'm just way overweight, and that's a big problem.
1: Yeah, I, too, am, am sockless right now, uh, barefoot. And then, yeah, I'm wearing, I'm wearing gray sweatpants. And so let me see him. Get up there and show me these I mean, I mean, people have seen my sweatpants before. I know, like, but I, it's fun every day.
0: You know what I mean? Let's just yeah, see yeah. the new stains. That's what I'm, what yeah,
1: I'm yeah. All right, now let's yeah. see the underwear. Slowly. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, what? I just right. want to address me? that. Uh, you remember when we started this call and you were like, oh, I'll, I'll reposition. I was like, no, it's fine. I'm in the middle. This is where I'm supposed to be. Somehow yeah. between then and going live, I switched over to the right side on my screen. Yeah. And that's why we started with the like the infinite window. No, well, I didn't even and notice. You know programs, what I mean? And trust me, I mean? at
0: this point, I, how, how do you feel now? How do you feel now, you little fuck faces watching this content? You wanted the garbage truck on fire again and you're getting it. And it's just there's no stop to it. Is this is what you wanted. This is the kind of content you wanted again? You fucking wanted? Fucking Portillo? Oh, dancing on me the whole show?
1: Where did what he what come you come from? He's in my lap. Oh, was he in your lap this whole time?
0: When I, when I said, when you guys were like, are you further back from the microphone? And I said, I'm about a Portillo's length. I wasn't joking. <laughs> like, there's a buffer. <laughs> it's like bumper bowling down here. Look, it bump. looked
1: like you just pulled him out of, like, thin air. That was awesome. It's no, he's always.
0: So... Sorry?
1: I brought my dog up, too.
0: Oh, Oh wait okay. well I see. I I, I right keep there. it. When, hold on, let me do it because I have to bring you all the way to the full screen so I can see it. There he is. All right.
1: Oh, he's adorable. He's had a great.
0: Oh my, god. He's like your uncle. Oh, you want? to Are they meeting for the first time on this? On this No, episode? he's he's not.
1: He's not focused enough. He's not gonna look at Portillo. And this, there it is. Look at Portillo. This is the most precious thing I've ever experienced. Look at Portillo. Life. No, he's not interested. Oh yeah, they're gonna be friends. They're gonna be friends.
0: Oh yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be something. All right, I'm gonna, go. I'm gonna, gonna go sit in your lap and ignore him the entire time. <laughs> your doc will desperately want, it. you know, enough about this. Let's talk about video games. Stuff like Jason Schreier leaving Kotaku, PlayStation 5 having a new price window, and more, because this is kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash kinda funny games. You can give us your questions, comments, concerns, everything under the video game sun, including your squad up requests including you getting the show ad free including the post show we do each and every weekday however if you know big blah, 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 no bucks to toss our way you can head over to wait hold on you can watch it, it can live watch. on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games yeah, if you're watching live you have a special job kind of slash you're wrong when i when Portilla gets involved in the intros it, it screws me up yeah. um
1: patreon.com slash kind of funny games if you want to toss up toss us a buck get I, show ad that, free. I just did the whole thing about oh, it did you do okay i, I thought you were going into said. that no, but I thought I did all that, did Because I, I, I talked
0: about getting the show ad-free and all that jazz.
1: Oh, uh, You know what? You probably did. You probably did. Man, we're fucking high. Working from home, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should start it with a shot of bourbon every day. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, and, I can, then, um. of course, you can get it later. YouTube.com slash Podcast services around the globe each and every week. Day. housekeeping for you uh today we are doing the next installment of nick scarpino plays the last of us for the first time this is part three this will be hours what seven eight nine for nick playing the last of us for the first time ever oh. you can of course watch a lot twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we're kicking off at 2 p.m pacific time if you're somebody's like wait i missed parts one and two and i want to watch it don't worry this is getting put together as one giant youtube video that'll go up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games Thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed Mohammed, AKA Momo, Al Tribesman, The Predator, and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Hymns and Quip, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Three items on the Roper Report The Baker's Desert! And I know what you're thinking. Three items, slow news day. No, yesterday, as many of you pointed out in the chat live, yesterday was a slow news day. Today, there's a lot of news, and it's gigantic pieces of news. So let's get into it. Number one blessing, Adio Jr. The Keep impossible has happened. Oh, Jason no. Schreier, number one video games journalist, is leaving. After no, we're whoa, not, we're, we're not going to do the jokes today. All right, we're not no, going to do the jokes. It's a
1: serious day today. Uh,
0: uh, so I'll start with Jason's uh, letter that he put up on Kotaku. I, I edited it for length, so you should go over to Kotaku. Obviously, say goodbye to Jason. You should go over to his Twitter, follow him there, and all that jazz. You should watch him on We Have Cool Friends Monday. <laughs> YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny, Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games. However, here's uh, some s- pieces from Jason's letter. After eight years and some change, I'm leaving Kotaku. Friday will be my last day working for this website. I will miss. I will miss you all. Truth is, I've decided to leave the media and pursue my life's calling, becoming a full-time saxophone player. Kidding, I'm staying in journalism where I will continue to report on the weird, wild industry and culture of video games. I plan to take a few weeks off to put the final touches on my second book and hang out with my 7-month-old. And then, I'll be doing brand new things at a brand new outlet. If you'd like to reach out to share a story or uh, if you'd like to reach out or share a story, you can find me on Twitter or email me anytime. I'll still be podcasting with my good friends, Kirk Hamilton and Maddie Myers, although we'll no longer be hosting Kotaku split screen. We're starting a brand new video game podcast that you can learn about on Twitter. I don't think it'd be productive to spend too much time on the reasons I'm le- leaving, which will be obvious other than to say this. Now, when he said it will be obvious, he linked to the whole thing about like the dead spin and how that fucking debacle yeah. will happen. I'm leaving, which I w- which will probably be obvious uh, other than to say this. When I think about what happened to dead spin, Den- When I think about what happened to Deadspin, bile builds in my throat. After October 29th, 2019, it became clear to me that I could not work at this company for much longer. What I've always loved about this website is that thanks to the spirit of Gawker Media, it's never been afraid to to be simultaneously serious and dumb. Put another way, I'm glad that my final two articles here were, number one, a month-long report into how work conditions at a video game company have improved as a result of public pressure, and number two, this, which was one of his goofy stories. Here's something remarkable. Over eight plus years at Kotaku, I've never once been told not to write something because an advertiser might pull out, or because it pissed off a video game company, or because it might upset the wrong people. The story always came first. Serving readers always came first. I'm grateful to all the sources who have spoken to me over the past eight years, some confidentially, sharing things they thought should be made public or speaking out about workplace conditions, which takes serious guts, and others on the record telling stories about everything from randomizing Zelda to translating an old Final Fantasy game. My job has always been to inform and entertain people, and that would not be possible without those who have shared their stories. I'm also grateful to everyone who has read and supported us over the past eight years. As a journalist, it's easy to fall into the trap of believing your work is beyond reproach, but the truth is that comments, corrections, and feedback are what make us all better. I've had so many great interactions with Kotaku readers over the past year, over the years, uh, whether it was in our comments section, parentheses, back when it worked, or Twitter, uh, I'm sorry, on Twitter or email, or even in real life at events like PAX and E3. I hope you'll all continue following my work and staying in touch and calling me out when I'm full of it. Love you, Kotaku. Dead spin forever. Press sneak fuck out. Now, Jason's letter as it should be to Kotaku is saying goodbye to Kotaku. What I found interesting is that after Jason put up his tweet, linking to this and talking about the new podcast and stuff. And actually why, when I read through the next one, plus can you go to his Twitter real quick and find out what the new podcast is called? I It's meant to called the uh,
1: triple click, triple hook, triple click, triple click. Okay. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Everybody follow Like subscribe, share. Uh, he also retweeted this. It's an interview Gene Park over at the Washington Post did with Jason about it. So now I'm going to read that article, which gets more into why he's leaving and what we're talking about with this dead spin and Go Media stuff, if you didn't know. Jason Schreier, a journalist known in the video game industry for covering working conditions inside tight lipped game development studios, announced his res- resignation from the video game news site Kotaku on Thursday, citing dissatisfaction with the ownership and direction of parent company Go Media. Schreier, who will soon take a position with another company, he declined to detail, is the latest of several Kotaku employees to depart the company while invoking Go as the predominant reason. Kotaku has been owned and operated by private equity backer uh, by private equity backed Go Media since 2019, when it was sold by Univision along with other sites formerly under the Gawker banner. Uh, The site network, which includes Gizmodo and The Onion, as well as the now defunct Splinter, uh, to name a few, has gone through a a series of tumultuous ownerships and business changes, most notably after the landmark Hulk Hogan invasion of privacy lawsuit that shut down its original ownership in 2016. Quote, I've been through a lot with this company. Since 2012, we've been through a whole lot of management shifts and resignations and firings and drama, Schreier told the Post. I've been through a lot of cataclysmic shifts because it always felt like, through it all, we were guided by people who always cared about journalism. And, unfortunately, I'm not sure that's the case anymore, end quote. High-profile resignations have plagued Go Media in the last year. The company's staff has publicly clashed with ownership over how to run its sites. Last summer, Deadspin lost its top editor, Megan Greenwell, over the disagreements and eventually its entire editorial staff departed or was fired. Schreier, 32, said his breaking point was when Deadspin fired, at, when Deadspin fired senior editor Barry Pachesky uh, for disagreeing with a management mandate to, quote, stick to sports, which angered journalists on staff who had cultivated a reputation for aggressive, off-color reporting and eccentric uh, eccentric commentary they argue it would betray the online readership and community bore out of their past work trier wasn't the only editor to leave go media this week just wednesday gizmodo editor-in-chief kelly bordet announced she was resigning excuse me uh, he is on, he is also only the latest in a series of high-profile departures from Kotaku. In December, award-winning reporter Cecilia Di Anastasio—right, I can never say her last name well because I'm an idiot. Yeah, I, that sounds about right. Anastasio, I believe. Now, at Wired uh, wrote a farewell piece taking shots at Go Media's past decisions, including uh, the dissolution of Kotaku's investigative reporting unit. Uh, reporters uh, Gita Jackson and Joshua Riviera also resigned in January, saying the new management made it impossible for us to work here. That was a quote. In a statement to the post, a Go Media spokesperson said, quote, We thank Jason for his contributions to Kotaku and wish him well in his next venture, end quote. Schreier said he's encouraged by how much games journalism ha- this is jumping up in Gene's article, by the way. Schreier said he's encouraged by how much games journalism has evolved, giving nods to longtime sites like IGN and GameSpot. Quote, I watched a lot of growth and evolution over the years, and I've re- I've been really encouraged, he said. I see a lot more gaming sites. Uh, be more willing to rock the boat when it comes to game publishers and the people we cover. You see a lot less of the puffery that was prevalent 20, 25 years ago, end quote. Schreier said his biggest concern about the industry going forward was the lack of money flowing to games media sites, many of which are reliant on freelance writers. Quote, I wish there were more money in the field to be doing the kind of reporting work that I think is really essential to keeping the gaming industry healthy and that the people in power in games are held accountable, Schreier said blessing i've talked for a long 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 time There you have you did a good job what is your what, what is your reaction on this
1: uh good for him like i Fuck. from the whole go media stuff going that's been going on for a while but that really blew up late last year with the debt spin situation like i totally understand why jason would want to leave yeah. uh and really like this is mainly on go media for mistreating their workers right like this is what happens you lose jason schreier who is like one of the best in the business right now at doing what he does, right? Like, he... he I mentioned mean, I would him. say... I,
0: I would say, um, to interrupt, are you the best? The best, yeah. the gold standard for right now from when we say, ah, oh, man, there is no video game journalist. It always... Except for Jason and Patrick. And, like, you know, you go down this list. And I'm not taking a shot at Patrick. Obviously, I love him, too.
1: Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, you know, he... Uh, it was cited in his goodbye letter, right? He was the one who just broke the big old uh, 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 Naughty Dog story that went yeah. up on Kotaku this last month, right? And he's been breaking stories that are similar over the last few years, and he's he's been doing a great job doing that, right? Like he's been he's been the guy who has been allowing allowing us, like allowing like like gamers and the wider audience to have an uh, a more inside look into the culture of video game studios and understanding what that culture looks like. Yeah. Um, and in a way that's actually been enacting change. Like oh, there was I mean, a story 100%. I saw.
0: I mean, yeah. You, you talk about it, like he's the one who wrote about the rockstar conditions. Right. And then yep. this, like he puts in his statement, right. Uh, this week hasn't uh, had enough, I guess yesterday, right. Is that when we talked yeah, about it?
1: Was I, I knew it was either this morning or yesterday. I you think we talked
0: about this yesterday where I was actually talking about how we'll get to that in a second, that Jason is synonymous with Kotaku to me. I think that's what drives people to Kotaku. Um, yeah, to have that – not only – because, I mean, that's the thing is I know that like for sure as we sit here and talk about Jason leaving, I, I, I'm I – Jason is a polarizing figure for so many people where I think, you know, I look at him as the gold standard for what video game journalism is, right, in terms of somebody who is out there trying to tell these stories and trying to put real spin – on not real spin, I'm sorry, trying to put real world – values to it right trying to take our entertainment goofy medium where you and i just want to talk about if this game's good or bad and actually tell the human stories of it right uh, give it uh gravitas i guess but i also know that plenty of developers that i know uh, people who work at studios aren't the biggest fan of him and then there is this push and pull of people who are and aren't or that because they feel like he didn't report fairly on their studios or something he did and yeah like, it's obviously that's part of the game,
1: too. Exactly,
0: right? Like, right? That's had, how I was at the uh, the Columbia Daily Tribune. People really didn't like me because the way I reported on the Columbia Housing Authority, right? Like, that is something that yeah. actually happens. And I think even if you don't like it and you're not happy with the report, you have to respect the fact that he's there to do that. And he's out, out there rattling those cages and doing those
1: yeah, things. Yeah, like, you got to respect that he's out there reporting on pretty much everything as it's happening. Like, I feel like for – there. I'd love to know the percentage of game, like big game delays that happened, but that um, Jason Schreier was like there the the night before or hours before talking about <laughs> being like, "Hey, look out for the Last of Us two delay." I, he didn't say that verbatim, but he yeah. I, I think before the Last of Us two delay, he did say something along the lines of like, "Get ready, some delays are happening." Right, like yeah. that happens all the time with Jason Schreier because Jason Schreier has those connections and he has like he's built up such a good uh like a good system of of insiders Concept. and people to talk to and knowledge yeah. and contacts. Over the last however many years he's been doing this, that yeah, like he is the best in the game right now, and so the fact that Go media and Kotaku are losing him, like that's a loss for them like i that's i I'm curious to see how Kotaku moves going forward in terms of what yeah. their like their big pieces of content are because they're without without Jason, you're missing out on a lot of those big scoops that I think make Kotaku valuable that I think make Kotaku what it is. And of course, like there's still talented people at Kotaku at all, but, but Jason Schreier
0: is Jason Trier. I don't know if you got to listen yesterday. Cause I think this is all tied into, uh the EGM stuff too. Did you hear the or read about this or hear the, yes. episode, the episode yesterday, right? Where yeah. me and Gary talked about, you know, EGM coming out and making this big post about how like we're gonna the features that were key to our relaunch last year, we're stopping doing because we just can't keep going that way and that sucks and we're worried. And the post, it wasn't that EGM was closing down, but it also made it sound like we don't know what the future EGM is going to be. I think this is why Jason came up yesterday when I was talking about this is that I feel like when you have a tent pole personality who's doing Something that's different in the industry or at least doing it better than most in the industry, you have a reason to go there and have them be that. And with Jason leaving, it does get interesting of don't get me wrong. Steven's doing great stuff over there. Uh, and Mike does cool stuff over there. Like there's there's cool things happening on Kotaku. I'm not trying to t- take shots at Kotaku, but I do wonder then. Yeah. What is the big driver to get people to Kotaku.com? Because for me, outside of the show where they do the amazing job of having the best uh, roundup of what comes out every day for me to go in there and check on, like I was mostly sourcing Kotaku for stuff like this, where I'd be going over there and finding it. And then I just read Jason's article and then see some other thing, click on it and be like, oh, this is news. And then Kotaku gets in the report that way. Whereas as you start losing your main draw to something why are you going to that site and why wouldn't i just get whatever i clicked on in like kotaku from IGN from gamespot whatever and that's not to say that everybody's doing the exact same things but a lot of times the things that would th- apply to this show would be there
1: yeah and J- i think jason is a big part of what made kotaku special right like having him there and having him be be, be the one to break stories like the rockstar thing like the uh, like the dog thing um you know like the the whole visceral games or yeah vi- visceral games yeah with uh, everything with Amy and everything, right, laying out laying out that whole story, be the one to really dig in. I think he also did Telltale, right? Like he did a whole story on, on I believe he did a whole story. Ketaku on Kotaku did. Maybe, I forget who wrote
0: it, and I don't want yeah, to. Maybe just it wasn't credit, him. I don't want to credit every amazing thing there because everything like, you
1: motherfuckers.
0: <laughs> no, no, you did great stuff so too.
1: <laughs> but like a lot of the big great stories that come out of Kotaku are Jason, right? And I, yeah. and like once again, I don't want to throw shade at Kotaku. I do want to throw shade at Go Media because they're the ones oh, that fucked up. They're the ones that like. Th- they're the reasons why. You're the reason why Jason is leaving and it's
0: rightly, interesting so. it's interesting and I, I'm not trying to you know I, I things take time it's interesting that's taken this long because remember when I remember talking about it on this show where when dead space got everybody left or fired and all you know how that all went down in then then it was uh they put in those autoplay ads in every one of the Go been... media sites, put up their things being like, Hey, we hate these too." So email the bo- our boss at this thing. And all of yeah. those got taken off the sites without the editors actually taking the site, the articles down. Like somebody, a third party came in and took all those fucking things down. That would have been, and I'm talking out my ass here, obviously, but that would have been for me the moment of like, I got to get the fuck out of here. And clearly that's what ha- is happening. But it, I, yeah. I'm surprised that day. It wasn't like, cool, we all quit, but I'm talking in a, Fictional world and, where you don't have to worry about paying your rent and figuring. Yeah, and out I think that's the, the thing, right? Sure like, I fucking have a kid.
1: I, for video games media and video games journal, journalism, especially, like, I wonder if it's just a thing of like, there's just not, there's not that many options out there. Like, I, I imagine for like for what kind of funny does right for like for Greg Clattering. Miller and the team like Peace now from IGN. You guys already have a built-in audience that you could that you, that 100%. you could like. Uh, count on to be there with kind of funny because you guys yeah. have specialized in this particular thing right we I feel like doing i feel like doing that similar thing but with video games journalism is probably like way more difficult because it's harder to get people's eyes on that type of written content especially if if you're not churning that stuff out right like if you have like a big expose like once a month is that yeah. enough to keep people invested in a site that specializes in that thing well,
0: now you stumble into something interesting. The five-star man wrote into patreon.com slash games, just like you can and says, Hey, KFGD crew, with Jason Schreier announcing his departure from Kotaku, where do you think Jason goes next? He mentioned in his goodbye letter that some of the favorite things he has gotten to do were only possible to plays like Kotaku. Do you think there is a chance the quote news outlet he is set to begin with uh, could be him starting his own company, like kind of funny did or something like, or would something like that even be possible either way? I'm excited to see what comes next uh, for him when he returns. Uh, Thanks for all you do, especially now where what's, what's Jason's next move blessing at AOE junior.
1: I, I mean, I I think there's a few options like vice gaming is the one I jumped to immediately. Yeah, uh, because I, I feel like his voice would fit well there with patrick uh with austin um polygon also comes to mind but i don't know if that's like those those are the two sites that, imme- that immediately come to mind as far as where jason's voice would probably fit in terms of the types of report- the type of reporting he does yeah but in in his quote here right and or in his letter here he says i'll be doing brand new things at a brand new outlet like does it's- that mean hmm exactly does that then is mean that like a he's brand he's new to create something is that a brand new from
0: scratch.com whatever you're gonna call it patreon you know what i mean
1: yeah and i i wonder like the fact that it's not like a mass exodus from kotaku makes me wonder like like uh, is he gonna start something with just under other journalists that may like i don't know man that may have their work not not um not able to go up from um whatchamacallit the news story that we were talking about yesterday e. G. uh egm right like is is he teaming up with some egm reporters is he it is he gonna do something on his own like that doesn't seem i i feel like that doesn't seem as feasible or as like i don't necessarily see that as something that jason would want to do like start his own company in order to do his own journalism but like who knows like i the the world of the internet right now like you there you you have the option to like go about doing something by yourself like jason could start a patreon i imagine it probably could be a very successful patreon but i'm curious if that is the route he would want to go yeah that's the thing is i don't see that because i feel like that would be so
0: hard i mean again maybe i'm thinking of it too small because you're talking about him starting his own patreon like a one-man show right where Mm -hmm. then it gets weird because sometimes i'm sure uh, how much how much is he in his audience going to hold him to actually writing stuff Because there's obviously stuff where, uh, you know, he's going to be on month-long investigations where he's working on something big. So is he then just making things to make things, at which point people are like, why am I paying for this? Then I thought it was interesting, right, because I've been doing brand new things at a brand new outlet. If it's just new to him, you know, he had just done uh, a New York Times piece uh, not too long ago, this month, right? Yeah, like – a week ago april 4th is what i have here but and even there they call them you know the byline was by it's an opinion piece but by jason schreier mr schreier is the author of blood sweat and pixels the triumphant and turbulent stories behind how video games are made no mention of Kotaku, at least in his little byline there i don't i didn't actually read the entire the i didn't read the period i just saw his tweet that mm-hmm. he did one um could it I, I was like maybe that's a sign he's going there but I think the fact that he's talking in his goodbye letter about how amazing it's been at Kotaku to do something totally serious and then totally goofy. Is that something you want to give up? Because I don't think the New York Times is going to be down for the goofy shit. But maybe yeah. you, just want to, you want to go down and double down on that. Can we read into the fact that you know Gene Park seems to have the exclusive here from the Washington Post <laughs> that you, you know they've been... What do they call... What's the Post call their uh, new thing? Their, their gaming thing has a name. Not... Oh. Know, Pixel... Yeah, Post I can't gaming. think of what that is. Uh, they called it something, the video gaming, Washington Post. Hmm. Oh, nanobiologist shouting just... launcher. Launcher is what he's saying. Oh, yeah. yeah. That sounds right. That sounds right. It's a goofy thing. Of course. Is it I'm like putting... launcher
1: without an E or something? I don't know. Who the hell
0: knows? <laughs> all I know is when you put in Washington Post video games, it just brings you to WashingtonPost.com and it just says video gaming at the top. And then there's all these articles. So, yeah. Oh, there it is. Launcher. Yeah. Video game news and analysis tips to help you win. Like that could be an interesting fit. You know what I mean? Because I, again, I don't know how goofy Wa- the Washington Post gets. But again, to whatever his contract or whatever it be, if you wanted to do the goofy stuff, you can have a blog. You can have it wherever. You can have a Patreon there where you're giving insight behind the scenes on what you're doing. Right.
1: Yeah. And like, so the launcher was introduced looks like in October uh, of last year. Right. And so still fairly young. And so like if you bring in like a Jason Schreier to come through jason dryer can help mold like what that looks like can help mold like the voice of it and what that is going forward uh similar to like austin walker and waypoint though austin walker was there from the ground floor um but i'm i'm curious if like that if that could be the move for him if they give him like a very like high up position at launcher but i don't know how all that works
0: yeah i mean you know oh there it is i was i was like somebody went to launcher we kind of knew right and it was the least famous formerly of game informer um yeah i don't know i you know part of me wants to see it do a uh them do their own version of kind of funny of what that would look you know and i say that just because it does uh, easy ally you know kind of funny easy allies uh min max whoever right uh uh, uh, uh no clip what <laughs> would it be like what is the content you could create with A team behind you, right, and like other people who are doing it. And is it a site? Is it just a Patreon? Is it is it video stuff? Like I've always thought that'd be interesting from Jason. Um, But yeah, it's a brave new world here for video game journalism for Jason for Kotaku for sure. Like there's a bunch of questions, not to mention the fucking timing of this, right? (laughs) Of giving up your secure job where you're the best in the business and having everything established during this uh, pandemic coronavirus going this thing because you know. We've talked about it a lot, and I continue to say it, I think, maybe just to stress how much creators need you and your help, everybody who's listening or watching. But like, when this is all done, the dot-coms and the Patreons and all the other podcasts you used to listen to some of them aren't going to be there anymore. Like as people get more, uh, conservative with their money, take back pledges, uh, as advertisers get more conservative, take back their uh, dollars for that as people's, uh, resources and time management shift to things that are more important. Like it's going to be interesting to see who's standing when this is all over. And so even Mm -hmm. for something like, you know, we always, you, you, I, this is jumping around columns here, but like, You look at, like, the XFL or even WWE who just had layoffs in the XFL who just filed for bankruptcy, right? But XFL, you know, for all intents and purposes, seemed like they had it together this time. Seems like they uh, had a good start to the season. Like, they they had it all like they were in a great place. But then something completely out of the blue comes along and fucks them like this, right? And I'm not at all throwing shade or saying anything like this. But, like, I think something like Launcher is in that same boat. Where it's like, it's launched with the best intentions. It's doing great for as, cause you know, you're investing time and money into this to get it going, to build it up, to do the thing. Right. But as the Washington Post decides, man, we got to start tightening our belts, you know, subscriberships down, this is down, advertising's down. Where do you start cutting things back? Now we're back to the conversation of layoffs at WWE. You start seeing that contract. Right. And so, yeah, that is the thing of if Jason's going somewhere else, that's awesome and great, but I hope it all works out. And obviously, who knows? No one knows it's going to happen day to day anywhere anymore. But,
1: yeah, I'm very excited to see where he goes. Like, no matter where it is, like, I think he, like, one the fact that he's out, uh, good on him. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy for him. Uh, but then also, like, somebody's gonna be getting like a really good get with Jason Schreier, oh my god, yeah, uh, whoever it is. And so, however that shakes out, I'm very, very curious to see. Me too. Blessing adioye,
0: Junior, drinking out of your wart pipe.
1: That is it. so. It's just a, it's just a it's tall weird. green cup. It's just a tall green cup Where's that there? I understand why it looks like a wart pipe. to my credit i I, I probably could have gotten away with saying it's a war because
0: it looks like well you
1: would have said yes and then i would have said it looks like a knockoff war pipe so i mean it's
0: not perfect but it's like close enough on a video game show for sure number two on the roper report Uh, looks like playstation 5 consoles are going to be limited like we were talking about and worrying about this comes from bloomberg's uh takashi mochizuki and yuki Furukawa. Uh, Sony Corp. plans to produce far fewer units of its upcoming PlayStation 5 in its fisc- in its first year uh, than it had for the previous generation console's launch, according to people familiar with the matter. The Tokyo-based tech giant is limiting its initial production run in part because it expects the PS5's ambitious specs to weigh on demand by leading to a higher price at launch, the people said, asking not to be identified because the subject is private. The global COVID-19 pandemic has affected Sony's promotional plans for the new device, but not its production capacity, they added. Uh, The company has told Assembly Partners it would make 5 to 6 million units of the PlayStation 5 in the fiscal year ending March 2021, according to other people involved with the machine's supply chain. When Sony released the PlayStation 4 in November 2013, it sold 7.5 million units in its first two quarters. So again, 5 to 6 million for PS5, whereas PlayStation's first two quarters for PS4 were 7.5 million units. The PS5's loftier price tag uh, may also deter initial take-up. Game developers who've been creating titles for the next PlayStation anticipate its price to be in the region of $499 to $549. Uh, I don't know. What, no, four, I see what I did there. $499 to $549. And Bloomberg Intelligence's Matthew Canterman, uh points to increased component costs, pushing up the price required for Sony to break even. Sony has struggled with its price-setting decision for the PlayStation 5 because of scarce components, Bloomberg News has reported. A Sony spokesperson declined to comment. Its shares were largely unchanged in afternoon trade. The PS5 production volume could could change depending on the COVID-19 situation, the people said. Sony has asked employees to work from home to mitigate the spread of the virus, and its board has been unable to meet to approve business plans for the current fiscal year, including those for the PlayStation unit. That meeting was originally scheduled to take place in March. Sony said last month that it plans to release the results of the year ended March on April 30th, but may be forced to push that date back due to the pandemic. The virus has already upended Sony's promotional plans. Ding, ding, ding. Here's some interesting stuff. The company may forego hosting a public press conference for its PS5 release date and price, unveiling due to infection fears. Recently, it was forced to reveal its DualSense PS5 controller in a hurried fashion, according to people informed on the matter while only a small circle within sony are privy to the appearance of the playstation 5 console the controller has been shared with outside developers and and the company feared it might i'm sorry it couldn't control leaks they said which is what i fucking called blessing
1: yeah that's one thing that i I feel like we didn't talk much about is what what, like we talked all about the controller and all about the features of the controller and how we felt and all that stuff but we didn't really talk much about the nature of how they revealed it um and this makes a lot of sense, even though like coming off of the Wired articles and how PlayStation has been doing, yeah, uh, their PS5 rollout, I feel like the controller being revealed in just a a blog on PS Blog, like that's it didn't come as a shocker, but yeah. this added context, I feel like just makes a lot of sense, right? People are developers are getting the controller. You can't that's really control. I called, I called this. Yeah, Games Daily, man. I was on top of it. Just because you weren't on the show didn't mean it didn't happen. Bless you think i listen to the show it. when i'm when i'm not on nah, of course not, this not. Show only exists when I'm, when I'm here um <laughs> but yeah i know that like that that makes sense you did call it greg and so good job on that
0: thank you very much also but do you want also- to take a moment from ps i love you xo to XO to explain that we understand that the controller triggers are not the exact same on the xbox wait are they there was a group in the chat in the comments that were ready to drag us through the streets and tar and feather us for it i'm like no i I, I understand I spoke quickly and loosely on it. I'm saying I don't care in the same way I don't care about the Rumble and Xbox's triggers. I digress. We'll oh. get back to that next week. Don't worry about it. Gotcha. Still, Sony remains unlikely to delay the launch of the PS5 from the critical year-end shopping season. So long as arch rival Microsoft Corp doesn't push back the release of its next-generation Xbox, also expected at the end of the year. Sony won't delay either, the people said. Uh, Some analysts believe the close contest for attention between the PlayStation and Xbox, especially in the U.S., may force both companies to sell their new consoles at a loss. Quote, I think both the PlayStation 5 and Series X, I'm sorry, Xbox Series X may end up at uh, U.S. dollars, uh, 450, uh, even though they would lose money at that price," said Damien Thong, an analyst at Macquarie Capital. Suppliers have started delivering components to PlayStation 5 assemblers who are scheduled to begin mass-producing the product by June. Sony Playsta- Sony's PlayStation chief, Jim Ryan, has stressed that the machine's launch should be simultaneous around the globe, according to people in the company's supply chain. Blessing. I talked a long time on that one, too. Big old so meaty I, stories
1: today. A, a big old meaty stories today. There's a lot here. Um, mm-hmm. But th- I think this is further confirmation that, yeah, the ps is likely going to be 500 i know in the story they say f- like 500 to, to 550 oh, they say 499 to four ninety nine,
0: 525
1: right yeah no, but sorry, like
0: 499 to 549
1: yeah i imagine it'll come out to 500 because i don't i one i don't think they're gonna want to have that halfway point even though i know this is like a it's a it, it seems like overall this is just a weird time for, yeah. for them in terms of manufacturing and in terms of where the parks parts are shaking out at in terms of uh, the manufacturing cost plus the the shortages like yeah like th- that strikes me as interesting but yeah that tells me that it's gonna be five hundred dollars um the whole the whole uh delaying thing right but like them not delaying the PS5 because uh until like Microsoft delays the Xbox Series X like that being kind of the, the the decision they're making right now, I think also makes sense. Like, I, I kind of understand that. Um But, yeah, like, I don't know. This all, seem, this all seems expected. This is just more added context to kind of what we, we've already known. That's kind of where I'm at. Well, that's the nicest thing about it is to see...
0: And granted, these are unnamed sources and who knows, yada, yada, yada. But it's mm-hmm. interesting to finally hear from the inside what we've been saying from the outside, right? Number one about the controller, if that's awesome or whatever. But then, yeah, the fact of... No, it will still launch this year. There'll just be fewer amounts. Now, it's interesting that the fewer, you know, the fewer PlayStation 5s being made for the fiscal year really come down to component costs and not so much in supply chain versus uh, COVID, right? It wasn't that, even though there's parts to that and there's a back and forth about that. Like COVID's yeah. involved, but it's not the main problem, I guess is what's interesting about that.
1: How do you feel about the idea that we'll probably have like a Nintendo Wii situation with the PS5? with like how many they're manufacturing versus how many like ps4s they manufactured and dude i feel like how. it's i feel like you're gonna have that regardless right like I,
0: for console launches for the most part right and i'm talking about like the first couple of weeks right it seems like they're always hard to get your hands on it's it's rare that you're like oh man i didn't get this maybe i'll walk into a, even the wii u headlines i remember to get the wii u and like that i feel like is going to happen regardless and i think what's interesting about this is we start to talk about these premium price points, right. Of 500 bucks. It then becomes a question of two, like how do you launch something that is a entertainment de- device, but I mean really a frivolous purchase, right? Like how do you do something that's you, usually you'd save your um, you know, fuck it money for, but you're launching it on the heels of, or in the, still not in the middle, but in, in a pandemic, right. Yeah. Where people are so worried. I mean, how many people are laid off? How many people are cutting costs here and there? Like, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying they're not going to sell out. I'm not saying that. But I mean, I think the lowered supply of them having, you know, 2 million less units than you had for the PlayStation 4, while on paper, I'm sure PlayStation wants as many out as possible. They want to make as much money as possible. It isn't a bad gamble to make them scarce and have it be driven up because there's people like us that are going to, you know, all right, cool. Like, it's rough right now and I'm not sure what's going on, but I'm fucking going to save my money for this PlayStation Yeah. I'm going to make sure I can get a PlayStation five on launch. So like
1: PS5 like, is, is like essential for exactly. For yeah.
0: And I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, your money's wor- worth what your money's worth to you. And mm-hmm. so like putting that aside and that's going to be your, you know, reward or that's going to be your bright spot or your Christmas and all of this. I think there's definitely enough people that are going to do that and get to that point where they are ready to do it. But I don't think it's going to have the same, Hey, I, my best friend comes over and looks at it and is like, Oh yeah, you know what? I want to go drop that today too. Like, I, I that will ha- I think it'll be more of hmm, when times change, or maybe next year or whatever. When I get my job back, I'm not on unemployment. When I'm not, you know, struggling to get enough hours at uh, wherever I'm working or something, maybe it'll be something of that effect.
1: Given what we know, yeah. where we're at, given what we know right now with the PS5 manufacturing and and the PS5 in general, do you think the PS5 ends up outselling PS4 when it's all said and done? Because it seems mm-hmm. like starting off, it's not like no. at, in the first year, it's not going to outsell the PS4's first year. I don't think I,
0: right now. Taking a guess, and obviously we're taking a stab at something, not knowing what it's going to look like, yeah, how it's going to go. Annoying, but, uh, not even knowing the games or anything. Right, exactly. I would say no, because I do think it's going to have a much slower start, and then it'll be harder to pick up that momentum as you go. Mm-hmm. And again, I I think I think even even once we get out of this and we're back to being able to go to the movie theaters and restaurants and everything else, I think this will hang on so many people's heads that I do think that they're going to change their buying habits to some degree. And I'm not because, again, like video games are going to be around and consoles are going to sell. And I, I imagine PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X are going to sell fine, too, and do all these different things. But we're going to be in a new world in the same way. I, and I don't and I'm not trying to be alarmist at all because this is not an alarming thing. I think it's just the truth of like, you know, there's a in my life, in my timeline, in my head, there's a definitive moment of what was before 9-11 and after 9-11. And I don't mean mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't I don't mean like terrorism and this and like fear. I just mean the fact of like everything this drastically is like a world changed. Event. Like, or, like,
1: like this is like we're living history essentially exactly and so okay. when we come it's out changing. of this
0: it's going to be different and i think just the fact that it's going to be different on that level means that this next generation console and and i what i'm applying this to uh i keep saying frivolous that's not what i mean though entertainment spending kevin what's the word i'm looking for as non-essential spending right okay we'll say that non-essential yeah. spending is i think it's going to be a different ball of wax on how you do that because especially because it's going to be during this time people have eaten into their savings people are in credit card debt people are into all these different things you figure like mm-hmm. well there's always uh there's always uh people who are having tr- trouble like i would definitely say this playstation 4 console generation has happened at a time when the economy is booming right or to some extent where it seems like everybody's doing well where it did i mean like things are bouncing back a bit yeah you it, were it's like you know i mean and it was this idea that you know like cuz i keep applying it to us and what it is i mean right when we come out of this like and smaller people who are on youtube have stopped making youtube videos are people still going to think that they can bootstrap it and go to patreon and make their own business like is that still a, a thought you know what i mean like mm-hmm. is it still a thing that people are is it going to be a snap back to now i want benefits and i want this or is it going to be that since people had lost that and seen that they i don't know we're talking about high level economics here <laughs> in, yeah, in sociology I, that I don't fucking understand. I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, I think I, I mean, for to the basic, of income, it, right. Like I people wanted. have Thank less, dis- people have less disposable income to are going to have less disposable income and already do have less disposable income to work with. Right. Like the, the amount, and I don't mean to be me, to be doom and gloom. And I know we talk about COVID literally every single day at this point, but like the amount now of people I've seen. Like, yeah. <laughs> every, everybody does. It's the worst uh, because it's just so depressing, but, the amount of people i have seen on my timeline that have lost their job like yeah. that alone is going to speak to how how we see people people spending over the next few years if not over the next like
0: decade and that's i mean again and i always i always lead with this so every don't panic kind of funny it's fine we're doing fine everything's okay but for us like when you go to patreon and as a as us and look at our patreon and you, see, you everybody has an exit survey for why they leave and you open it, and most of them are blank because people just do it. But then there's so many that are got laid off COVID, COVID, COVID you know, coronavirus mm-hmm. got laid off. Like, it's, like, clear, like, granted, we're you know, you're giving us a dollar. So maybe you're taking that dollar away to make sure you can put it away to, I think, pay rent, save, do food, yada, yada, yada. But if, also, if yeah, you're yeah, taking yeah. it to put into your PlayStation 5 fund, I totally get. Like, I understand, yeah, like you understand how that. this all shakes out. But how many other people are like, well, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride the PlayStation for another year or two. like, Because it is that thing of especially for a launch of any console for the most part, but especially for something that's backwards compatible, right? Like it's going to be cool and it's going to be awesome. And it's going to have a bunch of bells and whistles, but you're still going to have a great experience on the PlayStation 4. It's it's still yeah. going to be, it's still going to be how PlayStation 2 still put out God of War 2 after the launch of the PlayStation 3, like PlayStation 3, yeah. was out. you could have a PlayStation 3 then, but you don't need to, you can still get, you know, uh, an amazing
1: in, i think to that point right i think this console generation more than previous ones more than recent previous ones at least is going to have so much crossover in terms of games that are cross-gen games that you can play on yeah. on either platform like it seems like that's going to last longer this time around in a way that people feel less to what you're saying feel less compelled to buy a new console because like why would i buy a new console when i can just play ci- cyberpunk on my ps4 or why buy a new console when i can just play Watch Dogs legion or whatever like early next gen game or like next gen next gen game within the first few years I can just buy on my current console, Halo Infinite. Exactly.
0: Um, Blessing, you were a peach today and grabbed questions because so, I had to go and run and do something. Uh, this I nanobiologist one, have we answered I feel like we might have answered it because we just talked so much about this. And all this
1: stuff.
0: Uh, let's see. So, yeah, we pretty much answered this all right, one. Good. Thank you for writing in as always, Nano, but we, we, we answered before. And I see you and you're wrong, giving me good stuff too. Uh, so we'll get to you eventually. Uh, number three though, this one i just called follow-ups uh some quick stuff based on what you've heard on kind of funny games daily both this week and last uh crisis remastered is real this is joe scrabbles at ign uh, crisis remastered has been revealed and is quote coming soon to ps4 xbox one pc and nintendo switch at the time of writing uh heading to the crisis is cr- heading to the crisis websites cookie page <laughs> will show you the crisis remastered logo clicking on that logo leads you to a new website with new artwork to go with it the website blur breeds cry ground breaking critically acclaimed first person shooter is back crisis remastered is coming to pc playstation 4 xbox one and nintendo switch the game's debut on a nintendo platform Borzin, Awesome. double zero in about this blessing and says good morning gregging blessing the question that every single person has asked when new hardware is ever shown is now going to get this answer yes it can run crisis crisis is being remastered for everything and is adding new enhancements like better textures and everyone's favorite graphic rendering uh, technology ray tracing Now, on the site, it's making it seem like the platforms are getting this ray tracing technology. Uh, The Nintendo Switch and I have, including the Nintendo Switch. And I have to ask, do people reasonably think that the current Switch can handle ray tracing? Nintendo is usually behind the curve on graphics technology, but with ray tracing being a large talking point for next generation, will Nintendo's hand be forced to include ray tracing in a Switch Pro or the Switch 2, as Nintendo has partnered with NVIDIA, the company who is pushing ray tracing on PC? Thanks and stay safe. Borzin,
1: double zero. Yeah, the N- Nintendo Switch is not going to ray trace the thing. Fuck, um I think can't the, do that. <laughs> to be fair, the the website having run Saints Row. <laughs> is it having trouble running Saints Row? I, w- the first one it did, didn't? It? Maybe I'm talking on my
0: ass, kind of funny. That Row, the, wrong. The, I could I could not his, the newest one, but the first time. Okay, it was, gotcha. Because I was gonna,
1: because like, I, hmm, I don't know when the embargo. The embargo is probably up for Saints Row Four, right? <laughs> on Switch. I mean, it got announced, yeah. Because I got that... You know, let's just not even...
0: You know, you can Google into that one later if they're barred
1: yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not tip fate on that one, all right? Yeah, <laughs> well. But, like, th- this... So, let's let's back it up a bit. Crisis, yes, oh, yeah. is, like, a very in- intensive Beep. game. Beep. Uh, it, it coming to current-gen consoles is awesome. It running on current-gen consoles, I mean, makes sense, because it ran on previous-gen consoles. And, like, this, it running on Switch, period, isn't, like, that crazy because... Uh, crisis like crisis one uh and other the other crisis games were on xbox 360 and ps3 when it comes to ray tracing yeah i do wonder like i i think they've taken down their page the uh, that like you can you could access via the cookies thing the cookie thing and so, yeah, yeah. yeah and so I, I can't see but if they are advertising that it can ray trace on switch then that is that that's not that's not good because it won't be able to, to to handle that because ray tracing is more of a hardware thing than a software thing like ray tracing is something that you have to have like the hardware in order to like in, or, in order to I was going to say simulate which I don't know is the right word but Simulator. hardware that I guess hardware that can like simulate ray tracing uh give me a better word if, if there is one but yeah, maybe the best they can do is like try and recreate the idea of ray tracing on Switch. Like, I don't, I'm not a technology person like that. I don't I know if that's what they can possibly it. I do. Just think it but would miss
0: those textures, it would miss that thing. It would just run. Yeah, the, you're applying what would be a low running PC to it, right?
1: Yeah, like I imagine you take, like, you look at the versions that are available on 360 and PS3, and the Switch will probably look pretty, pretty comparable to those ones, if not like slightly better. I don't imagine the Switch version will look anything like the PS4 or uh, Xbox One versions. A uh, nanobiologist in You're Wrong gives me a
0: link to uh, the Polygon article about Saints Row the Third Switch impressions. Uh, quote, the results are a mixed bag. The team found that the Switch port approaches parity with the original PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 versions of the game, particularly in 720p resolution in handheld mode. It doesn't fare nearly as well in dock mode as the 1080p resolution decreases the game's already poor frame rate. So fuck it, I was right. Yeah, man. Yeah. And then Boris, Zero
1: Zero, you're wrong. Says ray tracing is software, but real time ray, ray tracing needs hardware to help be accelerated. And so I think, like, we'll see with the Switch version, man. Like, in in in, in, in that God case, bless him. Good try. you know what I mean? Like, like, did any
0: even like The Witcher? Right, The Witcher. You know, remember uh, Witcher Three came to Switch, and we were stoked. And then you played it, and you're like, okay, cool. There's less textures, and it's got like a Vaseline filter on it. Like, there's gonna be concessions made.
1: Yeah. But Richard, number two or, um uh sorry i was gonna say crisis is already like an older game at this point so who it's not like it's gonna it's just, not like it's gonna look like garbo on the Switch. joke
0: of can it run crisis is from like literally 2009 2010 when i started no, yeah jesus christ 2007 2008 when i started the ign when i even then i was like all right and i remember it finally came i want to say kinda funny.com slash you're the ps3 and i played it and it was like oh all right this game kind of sucks i get that it was pretty but who cares who fucking cares Shut up, everybody. Uh, on your follow-ups here, uh, number B, I'm going to say, 3B, we'll call it, uh, we have yet another update on the Cooking Mama drama. Uh, remember yesterday, it, we finally had our answer, it seemed, that uh, Office Create, the people who have the who own Cooking Mama had licensed it to Planet Entertainment to get a new game made. They didn't like it and said, don't release it. And Planet Entertainment said, fuck you, we're releasing it. And everybody's like, what? And so then they were like, we, we're looking to suing people. That's why it got taken down. We did our thing on it, of course. This forced Planet Entertainment's hand. They put out this statement on Twitter. Planet Entertainment wants to explain the mystery surrounding the Nintendo Switch game to all Cooking Mama Cookstar fans. Office office Create, the rights holder to Cooking Mama, approved a detailed game design in 2019. First Playable, the game developer in Planet, followed the exact approved design. That design is the exact game on Nintendo Switch, which also includes many additional Office Create suggestions, which add gameplay value. Unfortunately, creative differences arose as Cooking Mama Cookstar was near completion that were outside of the scope of our agreement and the game design approved by Office Create. By contract, Planet is within within its full rights to publish Cooking Mama Cookstar. There is no active litigation or ruling that prevents Planet from publishing the game. Cooking Mama fans have been very enthusiastic about Cooking Mama Cookstar, including the many new features, including vegetarian and unicorn food potluck party, plus more. We appreciate the overwhelming positive response, not true, that is not true, and support from Cooking Mama Cookstar fans. Office Create has our total respect. We thank them for their wisdom and wish them well. This is, like, the greatest rat beef of this year so far. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought that it would be Cooking Mama
1: Cookstar that would
0: be this drama center?
1: Like, it's crazy. Because, l- legit, just last week, I'm tr- – I'm, hold on. Okay. April 5th, which was a couple yeah. weeks ago, right? The this was hmm. the blockchain one, right? You, you, yes. you had it
0: on two uh, consecutive games daily, where you talked yes. about it was mysteriously pulled down and people don't know why. Then it was the next day. All right, there's a rumor that it looks like it might so, have been this thing was farming blockchain. So
1: I want I want I want to point out that one the Cooking Mama Cookstar Twitter only has five hundred and nine five hundred and thirty four followers as of the time we're recording this, uh, which is crazy, right? And there's no verification, and I like if somebody told me that this is a fake account that was like meant to like spoof. Uh, Cooking Mama, Mm. I would be inclined to believe them. Um, (laughs) That said, just a couple weeks ago, April 5th, they tweeted this. We know that Cookstar fans are anxiously awaiting uh, for the game to appear in the eShop. As everybody is aware, the whole world is upside down with delays right now. At Planet Entertainment, we are anxious as you are for the digital download to be available. Uh, In the meantime, Cooking Mama Cookstar is available in many North American and European retail web stores. That's them implying that this is more, more of a COVID thing than... Uh, an active like litigation thing or like a beef with their with their parent company thing or with the ip owner kind of thing um and so like they've already like i i'm not one to take sides in corporate beef but like i don't know man planet entertainment has kind of lost my trust here (laughs) with like the conflict (laughs) with the conflicting this is the final
0: straw for
1: blessing this is is the one that that broke (laughs) broke the camel's back um this is funny though this is this is it's such a so weird. It's so fascinating nightmare. that it's Cooking Mama. It's so weird, but, like, I'm I'm enjoying the back and forth so much. And I'm I appreciate, kidding. again, that I was
0: right on this one, because yesterday I was like, it's got to, like, like, what would possess me to do something? I mean, it's got to be a legal thing. They must say, in one of their contracts, they must think they've got the rights here to do whatever the fuck they want.
1: Yeah. And, like, on an earlier show, there was, like, an article from Screen Rant where they got insider information that was saying essentially this, but... Then that inside information got like rebuttals, and people were like, "We don't know if this person is actually real." Like, it's been a such a maybe. fascinating thing to follow. See, and this man, is why we need Jason Schreier sort of still
0: around. You know what I mean? He's got to get to the bottom of Cookstar. Oh we man, know what's really going on? And
1: yeah. then
0: uh, on your your final follow up here, as we continue to report on things we've reported on, three uh, C is that Gamescom is a officially going all digital. Uh, yesterday we talked about how uh, the German government was like, "Hey." no live events, at least through August 31st, which would have then forced the Gamescom's hand to then go all digital like they said they would. Today, they put out this statement. Dear Gamescom community, it's official. Unfortunately, Gamescom will, under no circumstance, take place on site in Cologne this year. Just like many of you, we are disappointed because as the Gamescom team, we've been working on a wonderful Gamescom 2020 for months, just like the many exhibitors. However, it is also quite clear to us Uh, In the face of the Corona pandemic, we must stand united. This means that we must all be considerate of each other and reduce the risk of infection. We are, however, already working at full speed on a Digital Gamescom. It is, after all, the world's biggest event for games, and that's what it should be again this year. You can already look forward to how we will celebrate the best games and Gamescom together with you and millions of games worldwide at the end of August, even if it will only be a digital and not on location this time, because one thing is certain this year too, Gamescom is, and will remain the heart of gaming. We will reveal more about this in the next few weeks until then stay healthy and don't forget to hashtag stay home, play together your Gamescom team. And then they end it with, regarding already purchased tickets. All paid tickets will be refunded. Uh, I get Cologne in my... Oh, uh, where they actually do it. The convention center that I can't pronounce. We'll arrange this uh, centrally in the coming weeks. There is nothing further for you to do. <laughs> Love it. I, hey, what, a, what a great statement. Right to the point, telling you what they're going to do. And then you look at E3 and ESA and they're like... Whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised that it took them this long to commit to just doing a digital event. Um, it was... I think it was the same day E3 was canceled was the day that they opened up ticket purchases and i remember being like i don't understand i don't i don't know why you think that you're going to be able to get that many people in one place by august yeah. um because gamescom is huge like if you look at yeah, pictures of gamescom like it's gigantic right it's like i not i, I want to guess like eighty thousand ish people the that attend i feel like last time i looked it up it was around that time it's probably changed since then like Kind of funny.com slash you wrong. If you know how many people attend to 10 games, but I'm saying around like 80,000. And there's no way you're going to be able to organize the event that big in 20, 2020. Yep. Right. Like, yep. and so this is a, this is a good direction right? for
0: them. One of the stories is that there's like a, the guy, from, a, a professor from a university that I can't remember, was saying that, you know, no, he thought concerts, conventions, live events like that wouldn't happen until fall 2021.
1: Yeah. And like, you, as far as their digital event like i'm very curious to see how they go about it i'm very curious to see what jeff Keeley's uh, opening night live looks like yeah um and yeah good on good on them for making this happen i guess i was gonna say sooner than later even though i feel like it's i, I feel like it, this is kind of late for them to make this this or not late but they could have made they could have said this a lot earlier <laughs> Hey, like, I mean they did. They said that they
0: things. were going to try, and if they didn't, they pivot to all digital. I give them credit for yeah. being in front of the messaging early, having to like, yeah. wait for the update. Um, the one and only nanobiologist and kind of funny.com slash you're wrong says blessing you're way off. Uh, Gamescom had, had three hundred and seventy-three thousand attendees. Jesus, I was way off. Yeah, it's it's ginormous. <laughs> it's I, always I think I got it mixed up with packs. For years, there's been this conversation of will Gamescom ever overtake E3 as the premier event? And I think honestly, this is their, their best chance. Where if They move all digital and suddenly make it, hey, this is a worldwide event. They could fucking totally steal it right now. Um, Speaking of stealing it, blessing. I want to talk to you about our sponsors who are giving you deals so good. They're a steal.
1: <laughs> Whoa.
0: Let's start with HIMS, everybody. You've heard us talk about HIMS. That's right, for your one-stop shop for skincare, sexual wellness, and baldness remedies for quite some time. Of course, they are a fantastic supporter of Kind of Funny. They've been around an incredibly long time, and they've helped Andy and Nick keep their hairline, get some more hair, and have a great time with it. As I said before, uh, Nick, the other – well, not the other day. Sad, cry face. When we were back in the office, right, had a conversation where he was just actually talking about how much he loves uh, for him and how it has actually helped him uh, keep the hair he has. Of course, 66% of men start to lose their hair by age 35. And once you notice it's thinning, it can be too late. If you're like me, uh, you have things you need to go to the doctor for. Maybe it is uh, skincare, sexual wellness, or... Baldness. Uh, But guess what? You don't want to leave the house anymore because it's crazy out there. Uh, Forhims is a great solution to this, of course. What happens is you go to Forhims.com, and Forhims connects you with real doctors online that can save you hours. It's completely confidential and discreet. You answer a few quick questions, the doctor reviews it, and if they determine it's right for you, they can prescribe you medication to treat hair loss that's shipped directly to your door. Right now, our listeners can get started with their first month for free. Go to 4 slash gamesdaily. That's 4 slash gamesdaily. Prescription requires an online consultation with a physician who will determine if the prescription is appropriate. This offer is valid only if prescribed three-month minimum subscription. Additional restrictions apply. See the website for full details and safety information. Remember, that's 4 slash gamesdaily. Be like Andy and a little bit like Nick, but don't go full Nick. Never go full Nick. Up next, it's Quip. Uh, Quip, of course, is the electric toothbrush that all of Kind of Funny loves. Uh, if you didn't know, we've been using it forever. I have it's sad, it's sad now because we used to always talk about the travel cover and i toss toss in my bag and i take it on trips and then I don't go on trips anymore because nobody should go on trips anymore. Uh, but Quip uh, is this uh, electric toothbrush. Uh, they, their new thing they've pivoted to because they're good folks is that if you have good habits, you're good, meaning that you need to brush your teeth uh, two times a day. You need to brush it for two minutes uh, each time, so four minutes total. You need to floss regularly and need all this different stuff. And let me tell you, uh, when we first got the sponsorship from Quip, and Tim's like, you need to get a toothbrush from Quip. I was like, fine. And I got it and I brought it home. And then I was like, wait a second. I haven't been brushing my teeth for two minutes. Because Quip, of course, what you do is you turn it on, it starts vibrating, you put it in your mouth, and then you brush in quadrants. So for 30 seconds, you brush on one side, then it'll it'll pause, then you switch it over, and you know how to switch it up that way. You go the full two minutes, you're like, two minutes is a lot longer than I thought it would be. But what's also great about Quip is that when you subscribe, right, uh, they send you new brush heads and batteries so that you never forget to switch out your toothbrush head like I used to do before this. Uh, They also, of course, you can sign up for their floss refills, which show you exactly where to cut so you don't waste too much or use too little. And then, of course, it can give you the toothpaste as well. So basically, you can just put on autopilot all your dental needs, which I'm a big fan of because there's too much other stuff to worry about right now. Join. Over three million healthy mounds and get quipped today get, to get Quip today, starting at $25. And if you go to GetQuip.com slash games right now, you can get your first refill for free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash games. getqui dot slash games. Quip the good habits company. And again, another longtime supporter of kind of funny. Now bless. Yes. I can't wait to see who in the future. Are longtime supporters
1: of Kind of Funny, but the future's so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and Grap shops today, where would I go? You would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday.
0: Mm, doo-doo, 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 doo-doo,
1: doo-doo, 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 yeah. It's a Thursday, so strap the fuck in, everybody.
0: Billion Road comes to Switch and PC. Save Your Nuts comes to Xbox One and Switch. Drug Dealer Simulator comes to PC. What a day kawaii defu desu comes to switch afl evolution 2 comes to ps4 double dragon double dragon 2 and double dragon 3 come to ps4 ps4 and switch and ps4 respectively <laughs> uh renegade comes to ps4 R- river city ransom comes to ps4 fucking blessings game of the year or millennium i Spike can't wait Aircraft comes to playstation 4 Can Androids Prey Blue comes to Switch. (laughs) Galaxy Warfighter comes to Switch. Slain uh, Val Ferris Big Sugar Bundle comes to Switch. Uh, Pixel Cross Adventure comes to Switch. Lost Artifacts Golden Island comes to Switch. Finding Teddy 2 Definitive Edition comes to Switch. (laughs) Later Daters comes to Switch. This is when Gary was talking about, the dating sim in a retirement home. Uh, The Fox Awaits Me comes to Switch. Indie Games Bundle No-No Grams Edition comes to Switch zed comes to switch super pixel racers comes to switch sentinels of freedom comes to pc and mac hellpoint comes to pc and mac carton falls fortress defend cardboard castle comes to pc and then borderlands 3 gets two new limited time events reading from borderlands.com this week we have two new mini events mr torg's slaughter onslaught and making it rain mr torg's slaughter onslaught will increase the number of dedicated loot drops from circle of slaughter bosses the making it rain event will increase in game currency Cash drops for normal, badass, and anointed enemies, which will come in handy when you're fighting the cartels in this month's upcoming patch. These events go live with the hot fix today and will end on April 23rd. The co-op loot drop event is continuing through April 30th. New dates for you. Somebody wake up Barrett, even though he's probably awake. SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated is officially coming out june 23rd star wars episode one racer comes to nintendo switch and playstation 4 on may 12th 2020 and then void bastards is coming to switch and ps4 on may 7th i'm really excited for void bastards you could be playing it right now on Xbox Game Pass.
1: I could, um, and you I started. I
0: respect it. I respect. It.
1: I started it on Xbox Game Pass, but I fell off pretty quickly uh, because I want to say other games came out. I think it came out the same day as Outer Wild, which I also it was right out. around.
0: Yeah, I was going to say it was right around then. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But I want to try out Void Bastards on PS4, just because I—that's my preferred place to play.
0: You know how it is. Trophies, ecosystem. I mean, There's I was just. I saw the you PS4 Final Fantasy VII just the, the original, though. Oh yeah,
1: I'm like six, seven hours in. Is it? Is it I'm, connecting with you now that you've played remake? One hundred percent. It's really? one of those things, dude. It's it's wild because it. So I was talking to more Hussein recently because uh, we were real. playing Overwatch. Uh, from uh, he works at a Gamespot. They're a very small site, Perfect. and he was talking about like I was asking him about the original final fantasy 7 uh because we had both like played remake and he was like dude playing the original final fantasy 7 now would probably feel like reading like a wikipedia on um on remake in the sense that it feels so boiled down or feels so like um stripped back compared to remake and yeah. so playing it I, it's, it's actually been blowing my mind because it feels like like one, I appreciate remake way more because I didn't realize I I knew remake expanded on the original Final Fantasy VII. I didn't realize that they expanded, expanded on it, to the point where I am pretty much caught up to where the game uh to where remake ends. Okay. In Final Fantasy Seven. Like I've played throughout I've played through that whole uh portion of the game. And remake is pretty one for one in terms of like, like in terms of all the beats in Final Fantasy Seven. Like you go to the same places in the same order, like certain areas of remake that took like two hours are literally just two screens in Final Fantasy Seven. That's awesome because um,
0: I remember when we, yeah. we were talking about it on text and Imran said that and I don't think we talked about it on the spoilercast, but he was like, dude, there's things
1: that were just a loading screen that are like an hour in this game. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah pretty much like it's pretty incredible and i'm i'm i i don't know how much i'm going to play past to where i caught up in remake uh, because i I, i'm curious to see well i don't i don't mind spoiling the original like the original but it's just one of those things where i don't know i'm curious to see if this enjoyment holds up or if the enjoyment was like revisiting the places i've been in remake
0: speaking of enjoyment you should enjoy things together with people. It's time for Squad Up. This is where people write into patreon.com slash games, giving me their username, their platform of choice, their real name, and why they need help in a video game. We read it. The best friends come and find each other. Everybody plays games together. Uh, Robbie Rob needs help on Stadia. He says in parentheses, it lives. Uh, his Stadia <laughs> name apparently is Robbie Rob hashtag 4566. Hello there, KFBF, the future is now the cloud streaming service is free for everyone for two months. and includes Stadia Pro, so why not give the future a try by playing playing with some friends in Destiny Two, which includes both expansions and the season pass, and use the cross save feature to bring your guardian and join a best friend on the on the battlefield. Join a BF on the BF. I see what you're doing there. Sincerely, your favorite warlock, Robbie Rob. Everybody, hit up Robbie Rob if you want to play uh, Destiny. Uh, Robbie Rob hashtag four five six six.
1: I like that we're calling it a hashtag now instead of like the pound sign or like oh, we the, sign. the
0: pound sign forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's... I guess the
1: pound sign is really like for like that... pound sign was like five generations ago. That was like the, the greatest generation or whatever. It was, it was the greatest generation. <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's
0: funny. Well, actually, you know, I got a recipe from Allie hook who we talked about in the kind of funny podcast uh, this past week. Um, and she gave it to me and she put, and also one hashtag butter. And I was like, I I started to text her back of like what, the, and I was like, oh pound, one pound of butter, got it, okay, smart, you know what I mean? Like that's a that's a fucking pro move for somebody out there. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you're wrong. This is where people write in to Kindoffunny dot slash you're wrong, telling us what we screw up as we screwed up, so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com dot com slash kind of funny games, and podcast services around the globe. Uh, Neil B. Farzad uh, says, Ethan uh, Gatch actually wrote the story about Telltale's employees not getting severance. I think we might have credited gotcha. that to Jason because we yeah. assume everything is Jason. Um, nanobiologist says, regarding the goofiness, uh, the Launcher announcement article states the following, but we also hope you'll find some fun at Launcher. Not many people fell in love with gaming while pondering its Dick, uh, oh, Dickinsonian aspects. So And so we'll provide a steady stream of game reviews and tips. In many ways, gaming has replaced the weekly poker game or tennis match for younger generations. Even if the goal of those online gatherings is simply socializing, no one likes to lose. We've pulled pointers from some of the world's top professionals to help you win. Well, that doesn't sound like they're going to be goofy at all, Nano. That sounds like they're just going to give me tips and tricks. You know what I mean? <laughs> And I'll tell you what, I follow that Janet Garcia girl from IGN on Twitter, right? That's Mm -hmm. a funny Twitter account. But see, she's doing tips and tricks on IGN, and then she's giving you the fucking hot cuts over on Twitter. So Garcia. That's where it is. not the take so much. She's just fucking cutting people down. She'll be like, oh. "Nah, this is bullshit." What are you fucking doing here?
1: Your islands look like trash. And I'm like, "You get
0: them, Jaden." Uh, nanobiologist says crisis came out on PS3 and 360 on October 4th, 2011. Thank you very much. I it, wasn't ca- it
1: came out originally though on PC
0: earlier than that. No, no, oh, yes. Man. But remember, my comment was, I remember eventually playing it, and I was like, "Correct me on PS3." On um, oh,
1: I remember yeah. when uh, that was
0: long after the time of everything that was going on.
1: Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. I want to give myself a year wrong. I think the 80,000 number for Gamescom came from PAX. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, well, we already got you on that. We already got you yeah. to the rights that you were wrong.
0: You know what I mean? Oh, yeah.
1: I was trying to figure out why I was still wrong. though. And, oh, yeah. yeah you that was it
0: conflated things. I understand. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. That's kind of funny games daily for Thursday. Remember, uh, you can stick around. We're gonna do a post show. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Remember, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, ask your questions, get the show ad-free. You can get the post show, but mainly you can sit, stick around, support us. If you thought we did a good job today, go over there, kick us a few bucks. If you have no bucks to toss our way, I understand you can get the show on youtube.com slash kinda funny games, twitch.tv slash kinda funny games, and podcast services around the globe. Tomorrow, blessing at Oye junior will steer the ship with me. In the cope, I'll be his Gilligan. He's the skipper.
1: Yeah, You
0: get that reference. Do you understand that reference?
1: It's a Gilligan's Island reference. It right? It is a reference to Gilligan's yeah. Island. Thank you. Okay, great. that was on on TV when I was in diapers.
0: I was well, I, I mean. I watched I was it barely, I
1: was barely out of diapers. Well, yeah, it was syndication. It was whatever. It, it well, doesn't matter. Yeah. Kevin, go to the post <laughs> show, ladies and gentlemen.